Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. There is a lexicon of elder care terms on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. After today's show, you're probably going to want to look at it because we've got a lot of acronyms to get through. Today, we're talking about sniffs and rehabs. What's a sniff? Stay tuned and you'll find out. Today's new and noteworthy, let's take a look at Mary Flip as she shares advice on living a long life. She asked what your secret for life is to make it good. Your secret. My secret? Yeah. God, I don't. Tequila. <laughs> She's celebrating a century and a year today with her favorite beer, a Guinness and dancing. Okay, I'll get up on the table. <laughs> I love her. Happy birthday, Mary. I raise my glass to you. All right, let's jump in. Today, as I said, we're talking about sniffs and rehabs. My friend Joni Watson, Director of Healthcare Operations with Presbyterian Village North. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Roland Castillo, my other friend who is the Director of Business Development for Healthcare at CC Young. Thank you for Absolutely. being here. Well, I have two industry experts to explain what in the world is. So let's jump in. Roland, who are you and what do you do? I'm the Director of Business Development at CC Young and also, also the hospital liaison. So what I do is uh, once we get a referral from the hospital, I'll go meet the patient, just kind of walk them through what's gonna happen, make sure they're a good fit for us, make sure that we're a good fit for them, that we're gonna offer them the care that they need and really just coordinate that between uh, my building and the hospital and Great. get them in. Joni. Well, I am the Director of Healthcare Operations at Presbyterian Village North and the administrator of the skilled nursing area and also support the assisted living areas as well. Great. And both of y'all are CCRCs, is that correct? You want to tell, yes. talk a little bit about correct. that? What is a CCRC for another acronym? <laughs> well, a Continuing Care Retirement Community. Great. And that simply means we have all levels of care. It's more about um, having long-term care, skilled nursing, assisted living, and also independent living. Wonderful. Thank you. What is the difference between rehab and SNF? And when you mentioned good fit, what is a good fit? Well, as like say I had a patient yesterday and they needed a um, acuity level of health care that really wasn't going to be done in my building. They would need the higher level maybe to go to an acute rehab, mm -hmm. uh, something that we don't offer. Because when we get patients in, the most important thing, we want to make sure that they can get the care they need. Okay, we just don't want to get them in just to get them in. Mm -hmm. We want to get them in so they can you know, be taken care of and get back home. So when you when you say you get a, getting getting a patient in, so walk me through a scenario. Mom falls, she breaks her hip, she goes in for surgery. Poof. Then what? Then typically the case manager at the hospital is going to you know give the family direction as to you know the doctor feels like you your mom needs to go to rehab, and um, these are the options. Typically they'll give options. So you mentioned the um, inpatient rehab level, the acute inpatient, that's a hospital level of care. So um, different than the skilled nursing environment in that it's the hospital, the doctor sees you every day, typically at least one doctor, um, you have to really be able to tolerate three hours of therapy a day. So that's something a little bit different than skilled nursing. Skilled nursing, the doctor's going to see you two, three times a week or more if needed. But the length of stay is typically a little bit longer, about 18 to 20 days. And you will 
as much therapy as you can tolerate is what you will receive. Now, this can mean, you know, you still have 24-hour skilled nursing at both of the levels of care. Who decides what level of care? I mean, is that coming from the physician? Is that coming after you guys do an assessment and decide what we're going to do um, with this person? Pretty much. I think the family many times decides, it, and it depends on the individual. Can they tolerate three hours of therapy? It's just a little more intensive. And really, that's what we go out to the hospital to kind of check. You know, the doctor's going to say, hey, we think your mom would do great at SNF. So they have liaisons. I'm, I'll go out there. We'll just kind of go over their notes, talk to the family, see what their goal is. And then, just, you know what? You're right. Let's, let's bring you over and get you started. And as Roland mentioned, I think there are lots of differences that are just maybe minor, like certain things we would be able to manage at our level of care that they that they would definitely be able to manage at a higher level, but then there are some things they manage we might not be able to. You know, um, ventilators, I'm thinking of right, well, like respiratory type situations. Uh, like major wound care, things like that. It's just it's best that they go, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere that deals with that and they have uh, expertise in that. When someone's in rehab, I, I hear often from families saying, oh my gosh, it's like jail. Oh my gosh, it's a lot of hard work. What is all that about? Well, it depends on, it depends on who you ask. Yes. Um, it, therapy is, is, you know, intense for somebody That's who is elderly yeah. and, right, and, <laughs> and just, you know, they've been in the hospital for three or four days, maybe longer, haven't done very much. So, coming to an environment where we have physical, occupational, and speech therapy. And, you know, it's a little livelier and a little bit more um, participatory, let's say. So, and, and that's exactly what I'll tell my patients and their family members that, look, we're not a lay around and watch TV facility. You're coming over here for rehab. You're coming over here to get better. You're coming over here so we can get you home safely. So I just let them know that... That's what's going to happen. We're not going to lay around. We're going to work. It's called rehab for a reason. Exactly. You got to yeah. do the hard work to yes. get better. There are different levels of post-acute care that offer rehab depending on the needs of the individual. Can you address the different levels? Well, as we spoke about the acute inpatient mm -hmm. rehab level, I probably didn't mention their length of stay is a little bit shorter, a little more intense on the rehab side, and their length of stay is a little shorter. I think it's about 7 to 12 days at this point. And then ours is a little longer. It's, you know, average is 18 to 20 days. People, you know, some stay longer, some aren't there quite as long. It just depends on their needs. And, and your inpatient rehab, you're going to be able to tolerate more than three hours of therapy a day. Right. You're there for therapy. So it's pretty intensive, like she's saying. That our building is a little bit lower than that, but, uh, you know, we'll still do therapy with you. It's just not, not going to be as intensive as a inpatient rehab. When someone's in rehab or skilled nursing, what dictates the length of stay? Well, if if they are a Medicare, traditional Medicare mm -hmm. is their payer source, that's then we get to decide, you know, we meet as a team at least once a week and, and talk about the needs and the goals and where are we towards those goals. And if they have a managed Medicare plan, like United Healthcare is very popular in this area, um, Humana, then the case manager with the insurance company has more um, of a involvement in deciding that. So is it fair to say it's more and more dictated by the funds than it is their condition? It can be. Well, with the insurance, what they'll do is they'll look like they'll meet with our nurses. Probably they'll talk every six days and they'll say, okay, you know what? Roland's doing great, but he could probably deal with about five more days. 
So they'll discuss it and they'll say, you know what, the insurance will say, you're right, let's, let's do five more days. Mm-hmm. But if they're talking, they say, you know what, he's plateaued, he's great, let's go ahead and discharge him, get him back home. That's kind of what the insurance dictates and they really decide how long you're going to stay there. I, I think the goal for the for them is to get the individual to the next level of care. Absolutely. So not necessarily, and this is something that is a little difficult for families to understand, is that it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily be back where they were before they came to rehab. Right. You've got to be realistic. Right. So there's a lot involved mm-hmm. in, in the decision to go to skilled nursing or to inpatient rehab or just to go home because many people just want to go home mm-hmm. and get um, home health care services. So let's talk about that. It's a great, great point. When people do just want to go home, is home health an option? Is private duty an option? What are their options that could at least come close to ha- being somewhere else in rehab? Well, you know, obviously their home health care services are, are very common. And so you still get physical therapy services and nursing services. It's just not going to be as frequent. Mm-hmm. So depending on the need of the individual, they may want to um, opt for that. Depends on how much support they have at home. And you know, I have it, that conversation with a patient all the time because mm-hmm. everybody wants to go home. Sure. Nobody wants to go to rehab. So I said, look, just give us a few more days. Come over. Let's get you better. Let's get you stronger so that when you go home, you stay home. You know, because everybody wants to go home. Sure. So you go home the next day, you find out, hey, it's, it's a little tough. It's kind of uh, rougher than I thought, not as strong as I thought. Maybe you have a fall, maybe you know, have a setback. Then we're right back at square one, starting all over again. Readmit, that's yeah. ground zero. Right. So those are the things that, that we need to discuss with families when you're at the bedside and assessing the patient and the family. You want to make sure that you share those things with them. Obviously, you know, you're familiar with the caregiving, private duty caregiving business. And that's something we always offer when somebody does go home with their family and they're going to need a little more help than what the loved one they live with may be able to tolerate. Mm So um, lots of things to consider. You know, it's a complex business, but um, all in all, I think it starts at the hospital with the case manager helping to try to guide the family, just knowing the family, knowing what their needs are, where they live. Right. It's always important to know, you know, it, we, we want to be close to home. So let's address home health is medical in-home care covered by insurance, and private pay, or Medicare. Right. Private duty is in-home non-medical care that is dictated, the schedule's dictated by not a doctor, but by the client, and right. it's private pay or long-term care insurance. Correct. Okay. Um, y'all mentioned LTAC. Is there, can you walk me through exactly LTAC, what are those services and how are they paid for? I, um, I can, I, LTAC stands for long-term acute care. Mm-hmm. And that's really the step down from the acute care hospital. So it's the next step, typically for somebody who's very complex. They have complex clinical needs. They have complex wound care. Um, perhaps it's multiple IV antibiotics. And then our and our respiratory care. So many people that end up unfortunately on a ventilator for some respiratory issue may want to go to an LTAC because they can help get them off the ventilator. And it's more of a progressive um, clinical care, I think, than we we couldn't do something like that at sure. our level. Right, of well, they're monitored way more than it would be at a, you know a skilled nursing facility. Twenty-four mm-hmm. hour respiratory yes. care. And at an LTAC. Right. And long term. I mean, we're talking 30, 60 days. Not I, it used to be, but I think all those have shortened mm-hmm. 
um, somewhat. So probably closer to 25, oh, wow. okay. I would say, or less. But you know, they, they do still participate in rehab if they can, physical, occupational, mm -hmm. speech therapy. It just may depend really on the individual, how much they right. can tolerate. It's not, that's not the primary reason they're there. Right. Roland, what haven't I asked you that I should? I would just, it was just popping in my head, you know, sometimes the, you know, the, the, the brother, the daughter, the father, the son, they're overwhelmed. They, they didn't expect this. They didn't anticipate mom being in the hospital needing rehab in the next two days. Biggest thing is listen to the social worker, listen to the doctor. They're there to help you. And they're trying to help you. I promise you they are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a family argue, no, my dad needs to go here. Listen to the doctor. Okay. They're going to help you. Yeah. And don't feel like, oh, I should have been prepared for this. Nobody's ready for it. You know, a lot of people feel overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. Social worker is going to help you out. She's going to call Joni. She's going to call me. Somebody like myself. You go out there and walk through the process. And even when the social worker is not sure, they'll call me and I'll say, hey, let me go talk to the patient. We'll just feel them out. The family's there too. See what you see what you want. See what you want to get out of this. And then just go from there. But the biggest thing I would tell my patients, listen to your doctor. Listen to the social worker. They're there to help you. Good advice. Joni, what haven't I asked you that I should? Well, I think... Um, if, if I'm a family member and my my mom, my loved one is, is in the hospital and they need to go to rehab and I'm trying to make a decision, you know, where should I go? Do your, I would do your homework. Make sure you go and visit. Sometimes it's like the feel you get when you walk in. You know, it, are people friendly? Is it a warm environment? Is it something that my mom is, is going to be afraid of? Or is it something that she might feel comfortable in? Um, you know, every place is different, but I would say do your homework, you know, and many of our referrals come from, you know, a friend of a friend had a mom who, right. you know, went through rehab at uh, Presbyterian Village North. So I would do your homework. I would ask what can they provide, you know, and, and each individual has different needs. If it's a diet, it's a diet restriction, something like that. Make sure you know that, you know, you my mom's gluten-free. She has been for years. Mm -hmm. You know, just make sure that they can accommodate those needs. Yeah. Because even though we are the same level of care, you know, many of the communities are, are a They're little different. bit different. I have a specialized of level of care. Yeah. Right. What Joni's saying that I didn't even think of is, you know, she's saying do your homework. But I would advise you just to go out to the building. You say the social worker gives you three buildings, three options. Go to them. Don't, mm -hmm. don't call ahead. Just roll just in go. there. Say, hey, I'm here to see a, take a tour of the building. See what's going on here, and you'll get a feel. You'll get a feel real quick. No, no. You're going to see. You're going to see when it's home. Absolutely. Right. That's yes. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and and there's one other thing I I think that's important with a family, that um, if they their mom or dad they really want to go home, they really want to. You know, sometimes you really want to give your loved one what they ask for, mm -hmm. but keep in touch. You know. Like as a liaison, you're going to give them your information. We do the same. Our clinical liaison is going to give the, you know, keep my number in case you need something. Because many times we can, if, if they're not doing well at home, we can admit them from home. Yeah. As long as we have the, you know, physician's orders and, you know, we have a medical director, so sure. it's not a problem. But I think it's, it's important to keep in touch because you don't want to leave somebody out there thinking, oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. And then they feel like I made a mistake. I'm too embarrassed to reopen. Right. The Absolutely. Don't yes. be. We try to keep the door open, even with. Um, Feelings don't get hurt. Right. right. Yeah. With our family members and patients who discharge, we do follow-up calls with mm -hmm. them too, just to make sure everything's okay. 
because length of stay is shorter than it was. So, you know, we want to make sure that they have everything they need and that the expectations of home have been met. Yeah, great. And like you said, I mean, even whoever's watching this podcast, just the fact that they're watching this puts them that much more ahead of the game. It's impressive. It's great that you're doing it. There's a lot of questions, but, you know, the fact that you're doing homework right now is great. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you both for being here. Yes, sir. We're going to move on to the nugget portion of the podcast. This is a great visual I saw floating around the internet recently. It says, time is precious. Don't waste it. Time is precious. And um, tomorrow's no guarantee. So that's my cliche for the day. We are going to move on to the lightning round. This is an opportunity for viewers to get to know y'all personally, non-clinically. Don't look shocked. Quick answers. We'll start with you and then move around. Where were you born and raised? San Antonio, raised in Dallas. Where were you born and raised? St. Louis. College and degree? Texas Tech, marketing. Uh, Joni, college and degree? I have a bachelor's degree in physical therapy at St. Louis University. And I have a master's in public administration from University of Texas at Tyler. Great. Roland, uh, road trip or fly? Fly. Road trip fly. or fly? Still in touch with college friends? Absolutely. Joni? A few. Mm-hmm. Ever been arrested? No. Ever been arrested? No. Come on. <laughs> uh, call or text? Call. Call. Really? <laughs> Bilingual? Yes. No. No. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip. Vanilla. Uh, Ikea furniture, self-assemble or call someone? Call someone. Call someone. Me too. iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. There you go. Sentimental or toss all the kids' projects out? Toss all the kids' projects out. (laughs) Mm, That's a tough one. Probably more sentimental. Sentimental. Uh, Karaoke, yes or no? No. 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 All right. Proudest career accomplishment? I would say I've been in this industry 15 years. Great. I, I helped develop a program we call Live and Thrive Your Way, and it was really more about being able to allow people to make their own choices about where they wanted to go, but help provide the resources that they need to be successful. Love it. Thank you. Well, thank you both for being here. I'm going to put up the URL for both of your uh, facilities on the screen uh, in case people want to reach out to you. Great. So thank you so much. Um, Thanks for watching today. If you're um, interested in past shows or dialing up the show again, you can find it on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, or anywhere you get your social media. Just Google or search Manchester Living Podcast. Thanks for watching today. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out directly.